I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's episode, we begin a seven-part series of mini-episodes on the seven deadly sins and how to avoid them. Today's episode is on envy. Yeah, they're a little meatier. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 19. As you may have noticed, um, I'm the only voice you are hearing, and that is because Jenna and I both, um, my wife, um, they both have children now. We both had our first babies. Um, Jenna's was born um, Adelaide Marie on June 28th, I believe, and ours Hannah Gerilyn was born on July 9th, and so our lives are a little hectic right now, and it's dif- difficult to get together, especially um, with a new mom who's nursing and all of those things, and so um, Jenna asked me uh, to record a couple of these episodes on my own as we're beginning this new little series that we had planned uh, to do together. Um, the series was actually my wife's idea. And it was a suggestion about looking at the seven deadly sins in a series of little mini episodes um, and taking one at a time and looking at what is this sin, but specifically how does it affect like the life of uh, a young Catholic, um, a young adult Catholic or someone trying to live out their faith in the world. And taking one of the corresponding um, virtues and gifts of the Holy Spirit to kind of pray for and seek in order to combat uh, whatever that deadly sin might be. And so um, that's what these next seven episodes are going to be. They're going to be weekly, and they're going to be shorter um, than our episodes have been. Uh, And so we hope that it's a benefit to you, and we thank you for understanding as we kind of transition into this new um, situation for for the weeks to come. And and I'm sure uh, you'll all miss Jenna, and she'll be back here as soon as she can. Um, So, uh, quick Joy Junk Jesus. Joy, obviously, babies are here, um, but junk is babies are here and life looks totally different when you have kids. Um, and I, I'm sure all the veteran parents out there are nodding their heads like, oh, you have no idea. You know, I'm myself, I'm only if, like five days in my five-year-old or not five-year-old, five-day-old is in the other room with my wife. And so um, it's still crazy and trying to learn the schedule and all those different things. Um, but my Jesus moment is just seeing how much I love this little girl and knowing like, that's just a sliver of how God looks at me and how God looks at you. And that's just a profoundly beautiful thing to think about. Um, so today, uh, we want to I want to talk about um, the sin of envy. Um, and this is one of the seven deadly sins. We're not going through them in any particular order. Um, just an order that we kind of previously had them listed out. Um, so if you've never heard of these before, um, these come from... Um, Christian tradition following St. John Cassian and St. Gregory the Great, Uh, and you can look up what they are in the Catechism in paragraph 1866, and it says in that paragraph, um, these are called capital sins because they engender other sins or other vices, means they cause them or they are the source or um, fuel us into other sins or sinful habits, and these are pride, avarice or greed, envy or jealousy, wrath or anger, Lust, gluttony, and sloth, or achadia, is what it's sometimes referred to as. And so these seven vices uh, we're going to be looking at specifically today, we're going to be talking about envy. So what is envy? Um, You can probably equate it to jealousy. You know, it's one of the synonyms, but there is a slight difference. Envy is 
um, a bitterness and resentment toward the success of other people. Um, feeling that it's not fair when good things happen to other people. Um, and it's considered the most joyless of all of the seven deadly sins. Um, you can see how someone might have a little bit of joy out of gluttony or sloth, you know, being able to consume whatever they wanted or lay around and do nothing. Um, you know, some of those might produce not real joy, but like some sense of satisfaction momentarily. However, envy is considered the most joyless because it's what caused the fall of Satan and the fallen angels. It caused original sin. Um, all of those situations and every sin that followed are caused by this idea that um, someone else's good is bad for you. Um, someone else's good, someone else's accomplishment is something that you can resent and have bitterness toward and even act with resentment toward or lash out at them in particular. Uh, St. John Chrysostom said that envy is the mother of murder. And we see in a lot of these different, you know, mass shootings and terrible situations that we hear about in the news today that a lot of the source of these things are because people didn't feel that they were treated like they should be treated. People didn't feel that... Um, they were given the opportunities that other people did. I'm thinking about a few episodes back, we talked about um, the man who drove a van into, I think, a group of people because um, of the way that women treated him and that he couldn't get, you know, a date or a relationship. Um, and so that's kind of what envy is. Um, it can be confused with jealousy, but there is a slight difference, like I said. So, um, for instance, jealousy, that's an excessive love of your own good, your own benefit, and it comes with kind of a fear of being deprived of it by other people. And so people who are very competitive in the workplace or in school, um, you know, people who are trying to keep up with the Joneses, that's all about jealousy because it's, it's a jealousy of our own good. Whereas envy is all about the other person's good, wh whether you have it or not. You see something that someone else has, and even though it could be completely out of your path in life, um, you know, someone working as a civil engineer and you're, um, I don't know, a professional ballerina or something like that. And you look at them and even though they're in a totally different path in life, um, and you can't even come close to achieving what they did in a sense of competition, you're still bitter and resentful because of the good that's happening in their life. Um, the catechism paragraph two, five, three, eight says, um, that the 10th commandment requires that envy be banished from the human heart talks about when Nathan went to King David um, to repent, he told him the story about a poor man who only had one lamb that he treated like his own daughter, and a rich man who, despite the number of lambs that he had, envied the poor man and uh, ended by stealing that poor man's lamb. Um, and so envy can lead to the worst of crimes. Um, that's what the catechism says. And, he, and it also says, through the devil's envy, death entered the world. And so even if you have everything in the world, you could look at someone who has nothing or virtually nothing and envy something that they have. So it's a little bit different than jealousy. Uh, and the biggest way I think that this affects us is social media. Um, we're constantly being barraged with all of the good that's going on in people's lives and being tempted to kind of put forth our own image that way. And when we're younger, um, and even in the workplace and in families too, bullying can be a huge way that this manifests. When people get insecure or afraid about the things that they don't have or the ways that they're not good enough, they lash out against the people that have those things or the people that um, that they really are jealous of or envious of. Um, this can also come out in like passive aggressiveness in the workplace um, or in any you know relationships. But I find like in workplaces and family relationships, this is really where people are mostly passive aggressive, even in marriages. Um, 
And that's something that we have, we have to be very resident of, resident, resident, that's the word, resident of, um, because passive aggressiveness or even getting to the point of like outright sarcasm, um, that doesn't help anything. You know, sarcasm, I think we've mentioned this before, comes from, um, the root words mean to tear the flesh. Um, and so chasm, you know, to tear and sarcos or, or like sarcophagus, um, flesh. And so, uh, they're damaging, very, very damaging habits, um, we can also, this can also manifest in being highly critical of other people um, or of yourself. Um, envy can really affect that. Uh, I'm thinking of, you know, specifically within the church or within ministry, there are, um, it's difficult sometimes when you are, like in, in my case, when you're a worship leader and a speaker, um, to see other people who are worship leaders and speakers um, getting opportunities that you're not getting and not having that moment of like, oh, why couldn't I do that, you know? But to really take a step back and say like, okay, we're on the same team. Like we're both doing this for the glory of God. And it's so awesome that we're even having this opportunity in the first place um, to really just banish that out of your mind. Gossip is another way that this manifests. Um, and this can be a real severe thing, especially for, for people in middle school and high school. Um, you know, even creating like false, um, you know, messages or phone calls or false, you know, even blackmailing, um, you know, passing around pictures, um, spreading rumors about people that make you insecure because they have things that you don't have and you want to get that upper edge on them. Um, in scripture, we see um, in Psalm 37, there's another way that saw, that um, envy manifests. And it says in Psalm, uh, sorry, Psalm 37, verse 1, Do not be provoked by evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong. And I read that and I was like, why would I envy someone who does wrong? Like, why would I envy someone who's sinning? And I hear this a lot when people are like, you know, it's hard to be Catholic. Sometimes it feels like, you know, I can't have any fun. I can't do anything that, you know, other people are doing. And that is so not the case. I and mean, if you really look at what other people are doing when they're asking that question, they're they're talking about going out to bars every weekend and getting drunk and partying and, you know, having whatever relationships you want with no boundaries, no guidelines. And that really isn't healthy. It's not real virtuous and it's not really beneficial to you or what you were created for. But that moment of envy when it looks like everyone is having a good time, you don't see the consequences or the after effects the next day or what's really going on in their hearts. It can look like, you know, this moment that you're really missing out on and you can have FOMO like really hardcore at people who are just living for the world. And so it's important to be conscious of that and to recognize like there's a benefit to living the Christian life um, and we should be living it in such a way where people are envious of us. Uh, with a healthy, a, a glorified envy, um, one that's really kind of like the jealousy of God that's talked about in the scriptures, where you want something so much for someone else that you're jealous. Um, that's that's what we should be living our faith life. Like in Proverbs chapter uh, 30, sorry, chapter 14, I cannot read numbers today. Proverbs 14 verse 30 says, a, tranqu a tranquil mind gives life to the body, but jealousy rots the bones. And this is in line with a, a quote, another quote by um, St. John Chrysostom, where he says, as a moth gnaws on a garment, so does envy consume a man. And that's because when we're envious of someone, we just get into this inward spiral. I think I've talked about it before, something that Augustine calls cupiditas. It's the opposite of caritas. Caritas is outward love um, and it's selfless. Cupiditas is inward love and it's selfish. And envy is really the source of that, that um, we don't, we're not getting what we deserve and that we are hating or bitter toward the good that other people are receiving. 
in the book of James, um, the author of James references envy um, in, in line with wisdom. And he says in chapter 3, verse 14, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Wisdom of this kind does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every foul practice. And then in the next chapter, chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, uh, the author goes on to say, You covet, but you do not possess. You kill and envy, but you cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not possess because you do not ask. You ask, but you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And this is one of those things where, you know, we get into discernment, we're asking God for things in prayer. Um, Are you asking God for what you need or just what you want? One of my favorite prayers is, uh, Lord, please bless me in the way that I most need it. Because I don't have to be specific. I don't even have to know. But God knows my heart in such a way and my life in such a way that he can bless me in that, even if I have no idea what that means. Uh, And so pray that prayer and pray when you see other people's successes um, to say, God, please continue to bless them in the way they most need it to glorify you. Instead of being joyful at the way that you're getting an upper edge over people who are not being as successful as you, pray that prayer for them. Lord, please bless them in the way that they most need it. Um, Someone once recently said to me, um, if all your prayers were answered, would anyone's life change but yours? And that's a real good indicator of selfishness, jealousy, envy in your own life. If all your prayers were answered, would anyone's life change but yours? And are those prayers all about treating God like a divine ATM machine? Like, here's my request, please give me what I ask for? Or are we trusting God uh, to provide in the way that, you know, an EMT uh, first responder would provide for someone who's unconscious on the side of the road. You can't delineate what you need. And even if you were conscious, you wouldn't, wouldn't be even sure. But you trust that that person has the knowledge and the experience and can help you in a way that you can't help yourself, that you couldn't even put into words. Um, and so how do we combat this? First of all, I think we need to affirm people. Uh, we need to be able to really congratulate people and not because of this false humility, like, oh yeah, praise the Lord, you know, you're doing so great. But like to really say like, wow, like God has really blessed you with this gift. That is so wonderful to see. This is how I appreciate it. This is how it affects me in a positive way. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Um, engage people when you talk to them. You know, I think a lot of people who struggle with envy, this has been true in my own life at times when I'm really concerned with what other people are doing. Um, I get really consumed with then what they think of me and I get very critical of them and myself. And I find my conversations go to surface level almost all the time. I'm not really deeply engaging people. I'm not really present to them or really truly being interested in their lives. Um, I say, I say I a lot or make a lot of I statements. And so I want to encourage you, if you feel like this is something you might be struggling with, um, say I less. Just think about on a given day, how much did I say I today or me? Um, talk about yourself less when you're engaging people in conversation. Um, maybe practice this with strangers. You know, Go up to a stranger and ask them you know, a couple intentional questions about who they are with no I no um, expectation of reciprocity in that regard, but just to encounter Jesus in someone else. You know, expect to encounter Jesus in other people in their deeds and their actions, and then affirm them and praise them um, when they do well in those things. 
And I think lastly, allow yourself to rely on others um, for any prayers for yourself. If you really struggle with that statement, if all your prayers were answered, would anyone's life change but yours? I want you to spend a week and not ask for anything in your own prayer for yourself. Instead, if you need something in prayer, make a commitment to ask someone else to pray for you for that thing. Completely delete your own needs and own wants from your prayer life for a week and only pray for the needs and wants of other people or the people that you're surrounded with, family, friends, relationships, Um, but nothing that has to do with you. And if you need those prayers, don't just delete them and just not have them for a week. Ask other people around you to pray for them and you'll start to see the way that we're supposed to be with one another to build one another up. Also, to fight these things um, in terms of virtue, you know, we have the seven virtues. Um, there's the theological virtues of um, faith, hope, and love, and the, card- the cardinal virtues of justice, prudence, fortitude, and temperance. And all of them are kind of the opposites of these um, these v- seven deadly sins. And then there's also seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, counsel, understanding, knowledge, piety, um, fortitude, and fear of the Lord. And so we're going to be kind of pairing up one virtue and one gift of the Holy Spirit to really be seeking after um, to help combat whatever this deadly sin might be. And so our virtue is justice. Um, And so basically envy tells you that what's happening to you is not fair when good things happen to other people. Justice is the virtue that allows you to trust that God determines what is just and fair and he gives what we need when we need it. And to pray for that perfect justice. Um, Our gift of the Holy Spirit is counsel. And what counsel is, is basically right judgment. And the reason that is the the gift for this this particular sin is when we envy and when we're jealous, we're kind of making snap judgments about people and about ourselves and what our life should look like and what, what other people's lives are and maybe ignoring their struggles or focusing only on one particular thing. And you really ask God for the gift of discernment and the ability to judge um, between what is just being perceived by us and what is real and how we can be present in the way that a Christian should be present to that relationship or that situation. Um, And so if you're struggling with envy or jealousy this week, pray for the virtue of justice and the gift of counsel and allow those things um, to be present in your life. Our saint this week is Saint Michael the Archangel. Um, Now, Saint Michael the Archangel isn't a saint in the traditional sense. He's not someone who lived a human life and died. The angels were all created before uh, man were created. And Saint Michael is one of seven archangels. Um, And we don't know all of their names. Um, They're listed differently in different traditions. Um, But the three that we have from scripture are Raphael, Gabriel, and Michael. if you're curious of why, how we know that there are seven, in the book of Tobit, um, chapter 12, verse 15, there's a reference that St. Raphael makes, uh, the archangel, saying he's one of seven um, of a special league of angels. And archangel means above the other angels, basically is what it means. Um, and so St. Michael, his feast day is September 29th. He's the patron saint of grocers, soldiers, doctors, mariners, paratroopers, police, and sickness. Um, He was also traditionally believed to be Jesus's guardian angel. And he um, is the leader of all the angels in the army of God. Um, 
I've heard different things that, you know, Lucifer at one time was the captain of all the angels. And then when he turned out of envy, um, that's kind of why I chose St. Michael. When he turned out of envy against God uh, in that one chance, that one permanent free will decision to um, allow God to have his plan for humanity and be a part of it or to reject him completely. Lucifer out of envy completely rejected that and seeks our destruction. Whereas Michael affirmed it and because of that is the captain of perfect justice through the army of God and the angels. Um, and so he's kind of the, the archetype for, uh, this virtue in my mind, um, or the opposition to this deadly sin. Um, so St. Michael, uh, he has four main responsibilities that we know from scripture and from tradition. The first one is to combat Satan. Yeah, we see that in the book of Revelation. Uh, we know that from tradition. We know that from simple prayers like the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel. Um, his second is to escort the faithful to heaven at the hour of death. So I don't know if you know this, but when we when we die, tradition holds that the first person or entity, you know, thing that we will see on our journey toward particular judgment, which is what happens immediately after we die, um, we're judged particularly before Jesus, um, the person that guides us there is St. Michael. The third role he has is to be a champion of all Christians and the church itself. And lastly, his fourth and final role is to call men from life on earth to their heavenly judgment. And so he's present. He's sometimes depicted as having scales, kind of weighing the souls and sins of humanity um, at the final judgment. But also at our own particular judgment, he is present. And so the idea that justice is opposed to envy is very much alive in, in the embodiment of St. Michael. Um, very little is known about him other than those things. Um, there's very few references to him or any of the angels in scripture. Um, he is mentioned in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament twice. Um, the first time he's mentioned as someone who helps the prophet Daniel. And the second time he's mentioned, um, in regard to the end times and the end of the world, and he'll stand for the children of God. Um, he's also mentioned in the epistle of St. Jude, where it said that, um, he guards the tombs of Moses and Eve. It says, yet the archangel Michael, when he argued with the devil in a dispute over the body of Moses, did not venture to pronounce a reviling judgment upon him, but said, may the Lord rebuke you. Um, and so guards the, the, the body of Moses. And then the final mention of him is in Revelation where he and his angels do battle with um, the serpent dragon who comes from the sea, which is Satan. Um, and so um, that's Daniel chapter 10 and 12, Jude 1, 9, and Revelation 12 verses 7 to 9. And we'll put those in the show notes. Um, and so if you're really struggling with envy, we, t- we typically call upon St. Michael in times of spiritual warfare and uh, times of you know rebuking evil or the devil or presence of oppression. Um, but he's also the exactor of God's ju- justice. Um, and to have that ability to um, completely rid ourselves of envy um, is a really great opportunity to invoke uh, that justice of St. Michael if that's a virtue that you want to seek out in combating the way that this could be manifesting in your life. Um, so with that being said, that's the first of seven mini episodes on the seven deadly sins. We I pray that this episode was a benefit to you. Uh, please continue to share this podcast with your friends. You can follow us and you know like and share posts that we have on social media, especially on Instagram at um, Mana Food for Thought. Uh, we're at Mana F4T um, on Twitter. 
and you can search Mana Food for Thought on Facebook. You can also go to our website, www.manafoodforthought.com, or email us at manafoodforthought at gmail.com, and you'll be linked up to all these things from our website. Um, also, when you land on our website, there's a link to our Patreon page, which is where you can become a financial sponsor of this podcast for as little as $1 a month, and you'll get access to exclusive content, merchandise, which will shortly be on the way once we settle with children and get our merchandise logos and graphics designed. Um, we're in the works of doing that right now. And so uh, please continue to pray for us. Uh, rate and review this podcast if you haven't yet. Um, and we are praying for you. Let us know if you have any recommendations for future episodes. Pray for our new babies to the Mana family, Hannah and Adelaide. And until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. God bless you. Bye.